Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. Episode 2 Lies. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hello, and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. This is the podcast where we take Conrad and we show him dark, and then we talk about every episode after it happens. How are you, Conrad? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well, yeah. I'm doing even better seeing how well the last episode is done. Yeah, we've we're, off, we're big deals now. We're, yeah, we're big deals, you know. We've, I can't even go to the shops. Well, that's, probably, that's, just, yeah. because of, that's just because of COVID. I, I noticed that uh, we've, got a, we've got a fair few people comment on the videos already. There's two, we do have two questions for you later on. Um, excited. Very excited. Uh, we also have over a thousand views in the first episode, which has exceeded our expectations uh, enormously. We uh, we were talking. We said like we'd be we'd be ecstatic if we got five hundred. To be honest, we'll do this even if we get ten. But you know, yeah, we're doing episode two today, which is called Lies. Okay, see what they did there. First episode was called what was it called? Secrets. Secrets. This yeah. one's called Lies. I can say I can say this right now. It's it's called Lies, but it should have been called Off to the Races, <laughs> which we'll get more into. <laughs> we'll get more yeah. into later. Because yeah. my word, do they blow things open in this one? Yeah. All I'll say is uh, for everyone who's worried whether Conrad's going to like this show, and I'm definitely one of those people. He told me this week that he's going to have to watch every episode twice from now on. Now that is the words of a man who likes the show. Yeah, I wasn't actually sure whether to reveal that or not because I thought it might um, it might be betraying the fact that I'm supposed to be giving a virginal impression. But there's just there's a lot going on, and I I found myself I was rewinding enough that I was like I have to go back and watch this again to like once just naturally and then once with notes yeah i I, to be honest with you it is a strange situation we're in because i think you're gonna have to do that um we because we want the thing is we want your views from you watching the show and if you haven't actually watched the show without taking notes the first time then what are we getting views of you know we're getting we're getting your views of of like a lecture that you listen to so (laughs) like you know you're sitting there with your notepad and pen while listening to the teacher baron baudor but I, I would say I would say that's probably the best way to do it because not only that, yeah, you are probably going to be noticing a little bit more, um, but that's also good for the listeners too. So they'll be able to um, see you, what you are like through the second viewing. And I'm sure you, you'll have you'll maybe not this time, but you will have certain things where you'll tell us on the first time watching the episode. I didn't notice this, but I did on the second. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's 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 one bit that we'll get into later that I was very much like I did not spot this at all the first time round, and then it became very apparent to me the second time round. Yeah. What what do you think, uh, Conrad? Do you do you think we should put it out to the to the listeners to leave comments and let us know whether they uh, what what their feelings are towards you watching it twice? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm happy to I'm happy to let my behaviour be dictated by what people want in terms of the content like people want me to just go in completely blind and try to take notes on a foreign language show <laughs> while watching it once then i'm happy to do that yeah exactly and if and if they're not happy with it then we'll just not tell them <laughs> yeah well yeah i'm just watching it once yeah, yeah. Like, and then and then like watch it four or five times yeah yeah exactly with a team just, of writers or just watch the whole series and then like go back <laughs> yeah. to episode two for the discussion yeah this is what i think is going to happen <laughs> I, I do, I'm going to say this now, I do have uh, a theory about uh, some pretty big stuff in this, and I, I hope I'm wrong, because it'll be far more entertaining, but it's, uh, yeah, my, my kind of theory crafting has already begun in earnest with this show. 
That's fantastic. Um, I'm probably, this, I think episode two is when I started really, really theorizing about the show too. I'm not looking forward. I, oh, I, I am looking forward to you re- revealing your theories because it's going to be great. I love, I love to hear it, but I'm not looking forward to having to be quiet and not tell you whether you're <laughs> yeah. right or wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're just, just like make noises and move the conversation on yeah, and try exactly. not to give anything away. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'll do. Oh, let's break it down! So episode two opens up with uh, a shot of the forest and the nuclear power plant, and it says nine hours since Mickle's disappearance. Yes. The police are on the case. The police are on the case. Um, a stranger walks holding a briefcase and overlooks people uh, searching through the fields for Mickle, presumably. What are your thoughts? Um, well, he finds a dead bird. Oh, yes, seems, yes. seems to be of interest to him, which I have, I have some thoughts on that we'll probably get into uh, later when that comes back again. Yeah. Um, he, so we've seen someone wearing similar hoods several times now. So he is, it's the same kind of attire as uh, the uh, rear shot we saw of someone leaving the cave in the first episode. And then I think, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, remember where we were at this point in the episode but i think that we've seen the person who kind of has eric uh under lock and key and they're wearing a similar hood as well so is it this guy or is it someone who is working with this guy hard to say at this point but it's definitely that that hood is very distinctive um so it's clearly it's clearly meant to draw um lines of similarities between what we've seen already and, and him yeah, uh, what were your initial thoughts, like without knowing about later in the episode about like him picking up a dead bird? Um, I I'm trying to think if I, re- I I think my 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 initial thought was like that feels like it's going to be important because obviously yeah. the camera's drawn attention to it. There's a there's a reason he's doing that, but I had no idea <laughs> why why a dead bird maybe he's just like a really a really keen ornithologist yeah uh, like, oh bleat it um but, <laughs> but, but yeah no it felt important but i was like, at that point in the episode i was just like i have no idea why a bird is factoring into this at all yeah you're just letting, you're just letting them feed you at that point yeah uh okay cool then uh we get as as was happened at the start of both these episodes so far Jonas wakes up from an apparent nightmare so then he goes and he looks in the mirror um, and he's sort of leaking oil from his ear. So, uh, which calls back to his, uh, when he saw his father in the, in the forest in the last episode, at the end of the episode, he was covered in oil, remember? Yeah. Um, and then he also sees, he actually does see his father covered in oil in the mirror again. And then we learn to find out it's the old double whammy. This happens to me a lot, actually. <laughs> this actually is a real realistic thing. You wake up from a nightmare, then you experience something else, and then wake up for another nightmare. You're still in the dream. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's um, <laughs> I, I, it was just um, this scene was very Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, which I, I really liked, and I I made a note that I was really pleased that they kind of didn't do, they sort of did, but they 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 did it in a, in a nicer way. They didn't do the oh, I'm going to check myself in the mirror. Uh, and then shut the bathroom cabinet door that has the mirror on it, and there's going to be a jump scare there because, like, that oh, yeah. literally happens in every horror movie ever made. Um, and uh, I appreciated that they didn't really do it here. But uh, yeah, the nightmare or dream sequence that actually turns out to be another dream sequence is classic AC's fair, and I enjoyed it very much. 
yeah but it, but the way the way that they allude to the old horror from the 80s whereas like stranger things allude to that as well but they would also have jump scares and things oh yeah um, absolutely whereas this this show doesn't do that um okay so then uh again we get the title card lies i'm sure we'll yep. discuss what the lies are in this episode i watched um, the intro sequence this time as well <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. I actually was going to skip over that just, just uh, <laughs> because I thought, oh, we mentioned it, mirroring, okay. But what, what, do you, what did you think of it actually watching it this time? Um, so I noted that the um, bandaged hands seem like they may be related to something later in the episode, and you see Catherine staring into uh, the bunker um, that we saw in the first episode. So that was really the only stuff I noticed. When you say um, Catherine, who do you mean? Catherine? Is that name the cop? Oh, Charlotte. Charlotte, I have to yeah. change my notes there. <laughs> you're, think, you're, you're thinking of Katarina, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. There we go. Okay, um, moving on. We get a scene in like a, what do you call it? What's the person who cuts up dead bodies? What's their name? I can't remember. Uh, a, 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 a surgeon? A no, doctor. no, there's an actual... Oh my God. What are they called? That's awful. What are they the, called? Forensic uh, scientists, maybe. No. Autopsy doers. Autopsy. Anyway, okay. Well, I'm sure it'll come to us at some point. <laughs> it'll get put in the comments. It'll be. It'll get put in the comments. Even though we recorded this four days, we put it up, and we clearly Googled it afterwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but well, yeah. But the audience don't know that. So, like, feel free to call us an idiot in the comments and correct yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, the uh, forensic scientist's body chop lady. She uh, she t- she's talking to Charlotte in the. Uh, autopsy room and she notes that this body of the young fella who that unidentified young fella actually has ruptured eardrums so my my first thought with with this was the fact that they're referencing uh octoconia feels way too specific to have just been kind of thrown out there okay. uh, and that i think that comes back my, my theories about that come back uh later um but uh briefly i have a f- I, I have a suspicion that that has something to do with the birds. Interesting. I'm just going to throw that out there. A little teaser for later. <laughs> okay. Do you want to explain something as to why? Or do you want to wait till the birds? Well, wait? okay. So, so she, uh, the autopsy lady says that octoconia um, basically makes it so that you don't know which way is up and which way is down. Oh. And they also point out that the um, the uh, eardrums could be ruptured by like taking a very sort of sudden nosedive, and I wonder whether something is uh, that that is causing this in the these these kids is also causing animals in the nearby area such as birds to like not not know which way is up and which way is down and to like fly into the ground or something. So yeah, I don't know. That's a it's a working theory at the moment. That's cool though. Like obviously. Yeah, that that's I like that. I like that. Um, I'm not gonna say anything, but I like that. <laughs> um, also, I noted that there was a line that I really liked where uh, at the end of talking about that, uh, what was that uh, sort of phenomena you just talked about, like the big long word? Oh, the octoconia. Octoconia, yeah. That's the little yeah the grains inside the eardrum that she <laughs> yeah, mentions. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Like because uh, I was talking about and I was I was watching it and I was and uh, I just love the line. None of the grain, none of the grains are where they should be. Yeah, 
yeah. it's just a, a real a real bad time in this kid's eardrums. I just love the idea of this uh, forensic scientist body chop lady. I just love the idea of her like uh, going through and like locating every single grain. <laughs> yeah, every single one of them. It's like billions uh, of them. Num- number three billion four hundred sixty-two. No, not where it should be. <laughs> Still in the wrong place. Yeah, exactly. All right, then uh, Ulrich is uh, venturing into the caves once again. Yeah, spelunking. A, yeah, spelunking in the caves. Neat pastime of his. Although this time he actually finds something. He finds a door. Yeah. And if you didn't know, it was something to do with the nuclear power plant. They put a label <laughs> on the door for you. Yeah. It's got the. It's not a very good secret door because it's sort of like there's a nuclear power plant right around the corner and it has the big uh, radiation symbol right on it, which yeah. is like if you're going to hide a door in a cave, probably don't label exactly where it leads, but. <laughs> Yeah, and like the idea of having the door there in the first place is super sketchy. Like, yeah, it is. What's the point of that? But uh, yeah, so pretty cool. Um, I don't really have much to say about that except for like he was just, you know, he he seems to be pretty deep in those caves, and there's no sign of Mickle yet. So yeah, it's and it's um, it it becomes clearer later. But I, I, for me, this episode was kind of like the Ulrich episode. Um, and he gets to do a good bit of character work uh in a lot of these scenes and it kind of starts in this in this scene where he's sort mm. of like desperately scrambling around a cave like he's in the descent or something yeah it's like it's like a it's, this is, it's almost like it's interesting that it's like you said that it's the descent into because i was actually thinking to myself it's like this is like all like we he was put out in the first episode as this horrible cheating person who didn't really come across very well at all yeah and, it, and in this episode he's beginning in in in, in a way like to ascend out of the pit he's dug himself um so it's interesting you saying he was descending into the caves but i think i'm feeling like in terms of his character it's the beginnings possibly of him actually you know going on a journey because he's realized that uh there's there's maybe more things more things that are important more important things than uh hannah you know yeah yeah i i think i think he definitely he has that like um that sort of classic um dad who's lost his kid uh, in films and tv focus in this where he I, he's kind of sacrificing everything else uh to to go and find his kid but it certainly makes him a more sympathetic character than he was in the first episode where he's kind of like pretty he's like he's not a, a bad character like i i enjoy watching mm-hmm. scenes with him in but he's, his behavior is a little bit abhorrent in the first episode yeah and like uh- like like all good fiction, in my opinion, you take characters who maybe you don't agree with morally, and who don't don't you know, don't behave very well. Except you still feel pity for them, and you still uh, feel empathy towards them as well. So yeah, it's definitely interesting character. Uh, I just wanted to mention quickly, like the the swooping shots of like the forests and things. Yeah. Because um, there's an awful lot of them in this show, and there's almost like a subgenre of this type of show it's like a town set in set in like a forest it's it's almost like stranger things and it also is a callback obviously to the 80s 80s sort of horror and those sorts of things but it's it's interesting that there's been a sort of a re-emergence of these type of things in the last few years um i I don't know i just wanted to get you you, if you had any thoughts on that uh well i think it's it's um it's potentially uh a side effect of this kind of stuff that's that's referencing that genre coming back into vogue because it, it speaks of isolation um and sort of shut-inness to to show an establishing shot which is just miles and miles of thick forest mm-hmm. uh this idea that you know you're you're removed from from the impact of you know large cities and government although perhaps maybe not as removed as you think you are um 
and uh and yeah it, it, it's it's a kind of a uh a tonal um hallmark of of stuff that's pulling from from horror as a genre i think even though this isn't really horror or it doesn't feel like horror at the moment yeah yeah i, I, I like that as well also in, this, in a show like this as well I, it's sort of they almost have a quite lengthy establishing shots and it's also a way to give you a, a bit of time to breathe and decompress after certain scenes yeah definitely like there's the 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 score is re- and some of the shots are really oppressive so i think that's i think that's definitely true that they they want to give you a give you a moment to sort of um recalibrate between some some scenes fantastic um francisca's not having a good time in this show she no. got pushed to the ground by bartos and now magnus throws yeah. her up against a tree now i will say that magnus it's more understandable and he's not actually you know just flat out beating a woman so, yeah <laughs> you know he he wants he's sort of on a he's sort of doing an Ulrich, Ulrich thing too he's sort of like looking for details about Mikkel's disappearance wants to know why she was there he's um he's got a lot of pent-up anger though and I feel like he's misdirecting it at Francisca here who yeah I feel yeah, I feel classic. very sorry for uh because she seems to like him and and he's just lashing out um, but he does have quite a sweet jacket on in this scene, so I can't I, I can't be too harsh a critic of him. And as yeah. you say, he's still <laughs> it, when you know when you're rolling with Bartos, you're gonna look good by comparison, um, yeah, exactly. no matter what you do, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Bartos only has a few scenes this episode, but we'll get to them. We'll get to them. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, Magnus, I I, I, re- I really like. I'm just gonna stake this early. I really like Magnus as a character. Um, I think I think he sort of wants to be loving and caring you know he's he sort of he's he's throwing wistful looks to francisca especially in the first episode as well but at the same time he's sort of even when like he's a bit sort of standoffish he's a bit nervous bartos is clearly like the alpha male in their little group pushing pushing out of the ground magnus stands yeah. and does nothing so i'm interested to see what you think of their relationship going forward but definitely there seems to be something between them that they like each other yeah absolutely um also, Francisca does add at the end, sorry about Mikkel. So she fully understands as well why he's acting that way. Um, so she, she like, at the end of the scene, didn't seem like she took, took what, he, what he did, like pushing her up against the tree and demanding. Of, he didn't, she, didn't re- she didn't really take it badly because she knows what he's going through. Yeah, and I think it, you know, it was only, well, assuming this takes place uh, shortly after the opening scene, we are still within 24 hours of Mikkel going missing. So, exactly. you know, it's, it's still a pretty fresh wound. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. He's not moved on yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a, she's a, she's too nice a person. Maybe if it was Bartos, he would like you know throw a hatchet in the wound as well. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, Peter Doppler. Uh, we've already seen him praying oh, in the, he's praying in the first episode, <laughs> the the serenity the serenity prayer. Uh, he's now just crying in his car, listening to listening to the radio, talking about the missing children. I don't know. <laughs> like th- this guy obviously doesn't think like he doesn't know we're watching him. <laughs> Because that's knew, true, yeah. If you were watching him; he wouldn't be acting this sketchy. That's for sure. He basically has a sign around his neck that says, "I am guilty of something." Uh, <laughs> yeah. At this point, so I'm interested to see what it is. Um, he definitely know. I think throughout this episode, as 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 it goes on, it became clearer. Well, my theory started to develop that obviously there's something going on um in this town and some of the people who live here are in on it um and i suspect he is as well like, he has to be with how he's responding to this news the greater good yeah <laughs> no luck catching them swans then <laughs> hot fuzz uh, my, my head just went straight to hot fuzz um yeah so peter's pretty sketchy we'll have to keep an eye on him 
then straight away from there, we get another little sketchy thing. We get Tronto, which is Ulrich's dad, uh, with his his blood covered jumper. And I just I just want to say, it's the most feeble attempt to remove blood from a jacket I've ever seen. He just like just wipes a little, it, a little rub with his hand. <laughs> yeah, a little rub with his thumb. Like that's not coming off. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that'll have to go on the washing machine. <laughs> Yeah. It's more, uh, to be honest, it's more sketchy to me. I, if I were his wife, uh, I would find it. This does not look like a man who regularly does laundry uh, to me. <laughs> so it's more sketchy to me that he comes back in the morning and puts a single jumper into the washing machine <laughs> than it is than it would be if he just, you know, accidentally burned the jumper or something like that. It's he's he's not thought this through. Well, he was doing gardening in the middle of the night, wasn't he? So Yeah, he was making the bushes ready for winter, whatever that means. Yeah, he's making the bushes ready for <laughs> winter. Like, what does that mean? And then he's like, oh, then she's like, but the car was missing and he's and he he oh he says we were out of cord, which I don't know what cord is. So uh, well, I, I well I well I can tell you that. Okay. I was I was watching the dub. Okay, excellent. <laughs> you know, so as as I did last week. It, he said rope in the dub. Oh, so literally cord. Why does yeah. he need rope for bushes? Well, he, I don't know. Maybe he's... I have no idea. Well, is, he, is he like tying them back and then cutting them in that shape? I don't know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to do the laundry well, well, and he be, doesn't know how to garden. Let's be honest. He doesn't know how to garden because he wasn't gardening. gardening. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. You know that for damn sure. He didn't just... Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't cut himself on the, on the secateurs. Like. Yeah, a very, very sharp rose bush. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> If because if he had, if he'd cut himself on the rose bush or on the secateurs, he would just be saying, "Honey, could you show me how to wash this off?" No, but he's being sketchy, this fella. Um, um, well, yeah, sorry. there was sorry, there was a there was a bit there was a line in this scene which confused mm-hmm. me, um, and I might be I might be misreading it, but um, I don't know Oryx's mum's name yet. Y- um, Yana or Yana? Okay. Yeah, Yana. Uh, so so she says first Mads then Mickle. It's exactly like back then, which yeah. to me doesn't make sense because Mads went missing 33 years ago and Mikkel has only just gone missing. So I might just be mis kind of reading that line or maybe slightly misremembering it, but that but, seemed like a weird line to me. Well, what, what you've just said makes perfect sense though. Not, f- first Mads, then Mikkel, like they've both gone missing, obviously 33 years different, uh, but she's saying like first it happened to Mads and now it's happened to Mikkel. Same thing happened again. Uh, I guess I would have expected her to mention to say first Eric and then Mikkel, given. Um, but Eric given... isn't Eric isn't related to them though, whereas Mads and Mikkel both are. Mikkel yeah, is true. their grandson, and Mads is her son. Yeah, that's so, true. So she's um, she's talking personally about it. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Glad I cleared that up for you. <laughs> um, okay, so then, oh, I love this as well. We, we went from uh, Yana talking about Mads and obviously we're, we're, us as the audience are like, yeah, what's, on, what's going on with Mads? We want to know more about him. And then it immediately cuts to Katarina and Marta talking about Mads. Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, there's a lot of that in this. And in fact, actually, one of, my, one of my big theories later is pretty much almost entirely informed by, by how, um, what is shown before and after a cut. And I think in this case, it's just really smart writing to be like, okay, the audience is doesn't know that much about Mads at this point. They had a little bit in the first episode and he's just been mentioned again. Mm-hmm. So while the, that's where the audience's mind is, let's get this scene between, uh, between Katarina and Marta to, uh, to uh, you know, fill in some of the gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on, well, or, or indeed potentially ask more questions because they don't really answer that much about him. It's like, they, they, I think Marta says, like, did, did they ever find him? And she just, and Katarina was just silent. So, did you see him at the last family barbecue? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it must be getting really awkward in these family barbecues, to be honest. Yeah. Just like the numbers are dropping <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like every yeah, single year. Exactly. Um, also, uh, Katarina actually says in this scene that uh, she's certain, well, basically she comes across as certain that Mickle's coming back. Do you yeah. share this uh, confidence? I do. I am. I am certain. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put my. I'm gonna put my neck on the line here and say I am certain Mickle's coming back. Okay. Awesome. Um. I like that. Uh. I will just say you said something there about like later on when you predict. I don't want to give this proviso a hundred times, so I'll just say it here. Someone in the comments last week uh said that they were glad that I warned them that you were really good at uh, predicting things, because. Uh, <laughs> Because they they said that they couldn't believe that you got it. you you actually put together the photographs and the relationship between Hannah and her mother-in-law. Yeah, I thought that was pretty. I I, I like I say I'm watching this more keenly than I would watch something else. So it it probably gives a better impression of me than I actually deserve. But I I think that's you know that there's you don't tear out. You don't normally tear out uh, your own mother from a picture unless True. you have a really bad relationship. Yeah, it's true. And I, you know, I can't remember fully when I first watched it. There's one or two things that I can remember that I definitely predicted correctly in the first series. Yeah. I, I can't remember little details like that, but I watching it again, I'm sure that I put that together as well. It's, it does seem like it is right there for you. It's, but then again, you do need to be in the mind frame of, you need to know that actually I should be watching everything. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah, yours, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, then Bartosz, it's only episode two. Oh. He's already getting some comeuppance for his yeah. behavior. Fantastic scene. Ma- Marta <laughs> doesn't want to hear from this boy. He's just, yeah, he's getting the silent treatment. He looks really sad. I wrote, Bartos is sad, colon, good. Um, <laughs> and also, he's only, like, so jo- uh, Jonas has been, like, went off school for, they said, a couple of months, right? Yeah, in two the last months episode. Or yeah, so, and, and Bartos wasn't with Marta when that happened because it was a surprise to him when he came back. Well, he's only off school for two months, but the, I'm sure he's been away for three or four, four, four months. Oh, okay. I, I just, I, I, I was like looking at Bartos's lock screen, which is so unbelievably cringe. Just him and Marta, <laughs> like looking all loved up. Now we've been together for like two months, dude, come on. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but okay, maybe they've been together for long enough to have a lock screen like that. Although Marta certainly doesn't seem as into him as he is into her. So Conrad, it's... knowing Bartos, he had that lock screen long before they were yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, that's not, they weren't romantically involved when yeah. that picture was taken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, no, I think, but I think just to clarify, I think Jonas, well, his father killed himself in uh, June. June 21st. So then it was like November. So that's like yeah. five months. So I think that's it was true. like the three months of the summer and then two months of school. So he was away. And also, we didn't actually talk about that, but I'm assuming he was in like some sort of mental facility. Because uh, yeah, I, I haven't like they haven't really got into Jonas at all, to be honest. Apart from we obviously know he's getting therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, although it seems it seems like fairly unofficial therapy. When I was reflecting on it, I was like, why is he having therapy walking in the woods? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Does Peter Doppler not own a couch? They couldn't afford to build another set. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just put him in the back of his car. Yeah. But Peter Doppler is so sketchy. He's not allowed to have, to have any patients in his office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He has to have 30 feet between him and his patients at all times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Forrest is the perfect place. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just assumed like he was away getting help for mental problems because of his father committing suicide. That's what I've always assumed. Um, yeah, that makes sense. 
Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, we then get Charlotte or Catherine, as you say. <laughs> yeah, we're going to call her Catherine from now on. Uh, going through all the uh, sort of paraphernalia, I believe. I can remember that, but I can't remember the forensic scientist woman. Uh, she's yeah. gone through all of the, well, actually paraphernalia is more, more about drugs. Uh, <laughs> so she's gone through all the stuff related to this missing body she found. So yeah. there is uh, some weird looking sort of light brown dirt. There is a coin on a string. There's a Walkman. There yep. is a jumper uh, that they say is from the 80s. There's also some shoes uh, from the 80s. And there's obviously the picture of him all gnarled up as well. What did you, what, what was your thoughts of this? So this, this recontextualized, um, what did you say Ulrich's dad's name was again? I haven't got that down. Tronta. Tronta. Okay, so this recontextualized for me, uh, or at least through some doubt on the stain on his jumper, um, because um, she was talking about red soil which is potentially what is this what the stain is on his jumper as opposed to blood mm. uh, i'm not 100 percent sure on that but i was just it threw up enough of a question mark that i started considering whether he had necessarily done something as bad as he initially appeared to have done um i also would love to know more about the police guy with the eye patch because uh, hey. he's just not been mentioned and i hope he gets a full-on eye patch at some point because uh that guy seems seems like that seems like an injury that should be joked about in a police station but maybe it was maybe it was sustained in the line of duty so that's fantastic um that, that character called torben voller um okay. uh spelt waller waller you know um yeah so i would uh that's cool that you've noticed him. Uh, I'm not going to say anything about him. We'll just, we'll just let you enjoy that character. Okay. Uh, so based, based on you saying about the Toronto and the dirt on his arm, possibly, not what you would immediately think is maybe blood, it's, you said maybe it's dirt. Does that not lead evidence to him gardening? Yeah, maybe. Uh, like, uh, that's, maybe he actually was tending to the bushes and needed to go and get cored. <laughs> maybe that entire scene was a red herring. Yeah. Yeah, cord, red string, who knows. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so maybe. Or maybe he was just like, maybe he was like trimming the bush of another woman and he didnn't want to tell. Anyway, um, that sounded a lot worse than I wanted it to. Yeah, that was, that was very explicit from <laughs> how I took that. Yeah, I apologize. <laughs> um, right. So in the middle of this meeting, really important meeting, Ulrich burst in the door. Yeah. There's a door. Wild eyed. <laughs> yeah. You've just, yeah, there's a door. And I thought to myself, well, they must have, they have, they must have talk, had a talk about this door previous because no one just bursts in and starts saying there's a door with no context. Yeah. When, when they go out into the corridor, him and Charlotte, he then goes to explain in the caves, there's a door. It's like, well, what were you expecting her to get out of the first one, Ulrich? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Ulrich. Yeah. Like, he just, yeah, he he's. He's been up all night. He's running on on fumes, I think, at this point. And Charlotte, frankly, has has the uh, the, the patience of a of a saint here. <laughs> yeah, and he's finally he's finally taken it seriously too. Yeah, well, it sounds like they're going to have to because uh, both of them, as soon as it's mentioned what they're going to have to go up against to you know start investigating this, they both their attitudes both become very serious indeed. Yeah, they do. Alexander, who's the head of the power plant. Uh, and and Obendorf, who's like the truck driver guy, yeah. <laughs> well, who we assume we we said it was looked like a truck truck driver. He's Eric's father. Um, yeah. They have like a real sketchy scene now. In the first episode, there was a, a bit of a a bit of a talk about maybe his his tire tracks being involved in some way. Yeah, and then we get this scene between Alexander and Eric's dad as well. What did you think of the scene? I, I mean, 
Alexander, he, he seems sketchy already because he like runs a nuclear power plant in something that's pulling from you know 80s horror but this scene it's like come on like you're he's he's like a robocop villain he's just this this corporate (laughs) scumbag and i i actually i noted as well maybe this was me reading slightly too much into this but uh, eric's dad's name is jürgen right jürgen obendorf yes i believe so yeah so he does not seem anywhere near as upset about his son as he was yesterday when or or rather um in the previous episode where uh he was like yelling at at uh, at charlotte and Ulrich, which makes me wonder whether he's just su- calmed down or whether that was potentially him playing it up slightly but um yeah this this scene any scene where like uh, a guy with some kind of private corporate interest is telling one of his underlings to keep the cops quiet is probably pretty suspect yeah exactly although i i, I, I did take from that as well in this in this scene um that they said he will jürgen said to alexander because of Eric, they're looking off. They're looking at even closer at me, which made me think. Whatever Alexander's telling him to do, maybe that's hinting at that it actually isn't to do with Eric, because because he's saying that it, you know he, he would. Why would he be saying that otherwise? Yeah, that's true. And I I didn't fully understand. Uh, maybe maybe this is a translation thing. But when Alexander um, interprets Eric questioning his orders as him attempting to blackmail him, I, I I didn't fully understand what what the implication of the blackmail was there. Like whether he was like, I'm just going to say, well, obviously like he knows something about mm-hmm. what happened to Eric. Um, but uh, it didn't read to me as him trying to blackmail um, blackmail Alexander. So. Um, I'm interested to see whether, like, as as Jürgen's character develops, whether he comes across as someone who is stupid enough to go up against like his corporate overlords. Yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. Okay, so Regina Regina finally uh, gets a customer. Yeah, ding ding ding, we're in business. <laughs> yeah, we're in business. Uh, you know, what's the price? He's like t- charges ten times the amount, but uh, <laughs> yeah. that's the type of person she is. I think Bartos's mum, after all. Um, so uh, I've, got, um, I've got for this scene that Green Arrow needs a place to stay because uh, that's what this guy <laughs> reminded me of. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so there's not much. Do you have much to say about this at all? Uh, no, I, I think I'll probably come back to this guy uh, a bit later. Okay, um, cool. There's definitely a lot to say on his character, but this scene is obviously just kind of establishing that he is in town. He needed a quiet place to to dwell for a while. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so y- y- Jonas then goes for a h- sort of little search or a little look maybe he's just even just going to reminisce about his dad in the art loft um so he goes and just sits sits down looks at a few paintings um Jonas's dad seemed like a pretty dark dude yeah this this had um this really reminded me of and I, I don't think this is what it's pulling from but this really reminded me of like um a Lovecraftian story about a guy who basically makes a deal with some otherworldly um entity to give him basically the ability to draw uh, these amazing paintings but they're kind of um they're so alien that people can't look directly at them and stuff like that and that that seems mm. like what he i mean i i don't think that's what's actually happened here but the the kind of nature of his art seems to be in a similar vein to that it's all really unsettling shapes and uh, and yeah lots of lots of weird stuff on his walls in general yeah and i and i will like I... I'm going to try and sort of contribute to this discussion without put it this way. I don't think what I'm saying is going to give you any clues to anything, but I really like as well, the parallel between his art and um, 
sort of the image of him covered in oil as well yeah yeah definitely like, i think that's a very deliberate choice uh mm-hmm. to like to have his his artwork use all these really like kind of heavy dark uh I, I assume it's like charcoal or something most of it's done in um um and how that mirrors his appearance um covered in oil as you say yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, they're out on the search. Uh, you know, we're talking about all these references, like this pulls from this. You know, what? Re- this is so strange, but you know what my head immediately went to in the searching scene when they're in the forest? Oh, I don't know, making a murderer. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I- like in making a murderer, like there's there's like the whole community bands together to search for the woman, Teresa Holbach. And uh, it's like, that's obviously a real life thing. And then then obviously it's a really well done thing. It's done all the time, but uh, in real life as as well as in cinema. But I don't know why that just spoke to me the way way it was. But Tronta um, actually uh, was pretty weird in this scene again, because this woman's talking to him and saying, oh, hopefully we find Mikkel. And then he says, he just goes, perhaps, perhaps not. Yeah, I'm I'm still trying to, get my head around him as a character because you know he's out on the search so he can't really do anything too nefarious while he's on the search because people are going to see him if you know if he was out on the search to i don't know hide a body or something like that it it wouldn't i don't think it would make much sense for him to do it while Mm. searching with other people because they'd see him so but at the same time yeah the way he's behaving and you know him washing his jumper in the middle of a uh, well that he seems appears to be covered in blood definitely seems sketchy yeah, and also there's like they're tr- they're really deliberately trying to draw the parallel with what he's wearing. He's got his hood up; it's a dark hoodie as well. They're, yeah, they're really they're obviously trying to give you certain symbolism there um, as well. Uh, what did you think of the appearance of Skeletor? Yeah, I I was I just just wrote Ulrich's mum just looking at some He-Man figures. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was into, but I I couldn't I couldn't really figure these out. Uh, neither here nor later in the episode when they come back. Um, obviously, apart from the fact that Mads was I think he was he thirteen when he disappeared. I can't remember if they've said his age. Um, yeah. But you know he would have been a, would have been a kid when he when he disappeared. So these obviously belong to him. Um, and I think the box is labelled Mads as well. But yeah, um, it is, yeah. I don't know if there's going to be more significance to these than than that. Yet. Yeah, they're just a, a symbol of the mother's love for the son sort of thing. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Strange symbol, but you know, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. She, she's really into Masters of the Universe. <laughs> her favourite Dolph Lundgren film. Oh my God, do I pray? Anyway, <laughs> uh, so then we get... Uh, sort of i don't know if it's the same character or a different character but we get another someone else emerging from the cave second person yeah so i I would assume i assumed it was a second person yeah i i so this this was where my theory brain started kicking into gear okay because i was like okay there's more than one hooded figure um what what's the what's the significance of these 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 guys these people who are emerging from this cave because if there's more than one of them you know what are they all up to because we've seen two already although uh, i suppose you could assume the one you see in the first episode is um is the guy who's who's checked in at regina's yeah yeah well that was my assumption too because yeah. sort of we get him straight at the start of this episode it, it yeah. would make it would make sense but uh the thing is with, the, with these people walking out of caves especially in a show that goes on to deal with time you have no idea when anything ha- is happening so maybe they're all the same person maybe they're not maybe they're in different who knows you know so i assume we're correct in that, but you really actually don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. So then the, the scene that you were looking to talk about happens. Uh, yep. So the, the stranger or this adult male 
uh, walks out. He looks quite homeless, to be honest with you. Like he looked like a homeless man to me when I first uh, saw this show. And then he comes out and he's he's ripped. He's he's got six yeah. pack, maybe even an eight pack. He's he's absolutely yeah. he's in good shape. This fella. Yeah. Um, he looks got, like he's been scrapping as well because he's uh, he's got some scars. scars. He's got some scars. He's he's doing the whole um, Pepe Silvia thing. Yes. Uh, just like in in uh, in the last episode with uh, where you we referenced that in terms of the bunker wall. Yeah. He's got, he's got all the stuff uh, like in like Charlie Day and it's always sunny uh, hanging on the walls. He's definitely trying to figure something out. This fella. Yeah. So um, I'll probably when we when we come back here um is probably where i'll I'll fully get into it but so there's a couple of things which stood out to me here like first is i didn't actually notice that this is the thing that i didn't notice until my second watch through so he's in room eight which is suspiciously like an infinity symbol and that infinity symbol comes back a couple of other times in this in this episode um and then he's got a i I think this is just a little throwaway thing but the hg tanhouse book that he's reading so there is a i think the name is it may be coincidental maybe just a little nod but i think that might be a reference to the tanhauser gate which is uh, mentioned in blade runner um but uh it's a great it's a great name for like a a kind of weird german black hole scientist man who i assume this is i don't know that for sure but i've kind of connected this guy to a video we see later in the episode mm-hmm. um and then the device that he gets out of his briefcase seems totally fine and normal this <laughs> <laughs> is electric shaver yeah it's just it's just uh he, he like winds it with a crank so that he doesn't have to he can he can shave without a, a source of electricity yeah exactly although to be honest with you this apparatus or whatever that whatever this is i love the, the design of it it's it's a real steampunk almost like it's i just i, I don't know there's something about it i just really love um this is really well-made prop yeah, it's 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 lovely looking. It's you know lovely wooden box and a, a kind of brass instruments. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's a really nice prop. Really nice prop. Um, okay, so and we, I'm sure at the end when we finish going through the whole set, you'll lay out your master theory. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to go too early on this because it it, it requires. A, like, I basically want to talk this through as I was realizing it. But I, I, essentially, at this point in the show, I was like, okay, I think this guy has gone back in time and has um kind of lived through that the the for the from the time that he was sent back to up to the present day so that was that was where my mind was at at this point okay cool um yeah so we'll i'm sure more will be revealed and then when we finish going through the episode as well you can then sort of summarize your theory in one big go for us as well um yeah cool uh skeletor gets put on a grave anything more to say about that uh, well i don't understand why she's changing the toys whether it's just you know like changing the flowers on a grave or something um the um but apart from that the big thing on this was the infinity symbol comes back again so uh, mads's grave has him born 12th of april 1973 to infinity which seems like a very odd way of writing that you don't know when someone died or if someone died on a gravestone to me maybe that's just a little throwaway thing but it stood out to me having just seen the number eight and uh and um yeah seen weird weird drawings in um in uh, michael's loft mads is buzz like you confirmed i'm i'm gonna say nothing <laughs> yeah don't want to give too much away <laughs> yeah. one thing i also will point out is for a town called winden this doesn't seem to be any wind 
How long has that toy been sitting on top of that grave? Hi, I know. I, it must have. I mean, it is kind of surrounded by by trees, but it's got. It must have brilliant coverage. Yeah. Brilliant. Just, oh, maybe she's got like blue tack on its feet or something. Yeah. yeah doing, doing the old Lego diorama, just you know. Yeah, she got the hot glue gun out. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's not desecrating a grave at all. Um, okay, so then we get uh, first of many, as you'll come to know, montages in the show. Earlier on, I spoke about the shots of like the establishing shots, giving us a chance to breathe. Well, this uh, this montage, all these montages you'll see throughout the show, they do a similar thing. They sort of set us up to a certain point in an episode, and then they give us a chance to see every character, sort of how they're sitting at that point in the story. It gives us a chance to decompress, as well as they also choose amazing songs for these as well. I think yeah, it's totally. First Aid Kit. You know the Swedish band First Aid Kit? No, I, I've not. I've not heard of them, but I have to listen to them after this because yeah, it was it was a really nice song, and um, yeah, totally. It's it's just a, it, it's it's it, well, yeah, I think you've described it perfectly. It's it's just a, a moment to decompress, uh, and you know you can see what the characters are up to. Um, but it, it just gives the audience a chance to reset and get ready for the, for the, the run into the close of the episode. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, there's also in that montage, there's a couple of moments I want to point out. One is uh, Ulrich uh, denying the call to Hannah. And it's, yeah. he actually had 12 calls from her. I noticed yeah. that. Um, and then there's also like father, like daughter, Marta denying, <laughs> denying the call to our lovely man, Bartos. Good girl. <laughs> yeah. Hang out to dry. Stay away from that man. Uh yeah, so that's pretty cool. Also another point in the in the montage, Magnus is doing a bit of boxing training. Yeah, so this is uh linking back to the intro. I might be completely wrong on this, but in the intro you see some bandaged hands and I was wondering whether that's Magnus's hands after this because mm. he properly messes them up uh on that wall. Although he does punch a bit weird. Um but you know, he's, he's 16. He's, he doesn't add a punch. He's trying to hit the same spot on the wall with both hands. That's what I that's yeah. what I that's what I felt was weird about it. Yeah, it's it's yeah, he's 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 doing himself out of a, a good uh, a good workout there by just messing it up and punching yeah, yeah. This, or trying to punch the same spot. And then um Jonas for some reason looks up at the roof. Yeah. And and notices like there's a little loose board. Yeah. Opens it up and he takes down what looks well actually what gets revealed through the subtitles as like a map of the caves. Yeah, so um, so there's another infinity symbol on in one of Michael's drawings on the walls here. Um, and yeah, I, I was as soon as he pulled it out, I was like, that looks like a map of a cave system. Um, mm. And I I think that um, there's well, uh, basically, I, I kind of called. I think it's in this scene where that uh, he he identifies the the bit of writing that says where is the crossing. Um, uh, or is that later in the episode? Um, it, it might be later in the episode, but it doesn't matter. Okay, well, at some point, um, Jonas uh, sees the, um, the, the, the writing saying, where is the crossing on this? Oh, I and- think he sees that when he's tucking into bed with a bit of light reading with the, with the map. Um, that's, he sees it later on in the episode, but he, he's going to bed, but he reads them up on the way to sleep oh yeah you're right okay well i mean just to briefly like touch on that i think like this was where i really started to get into the like okay there is some there's going to be some some time travel stuff going on here and i think in 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 the cave somewhere there's some kind of like interdimensional thin place uh where you're able to like pass through time somehow uh, and that's what michael was trying to find i think 
Mm. Interesting. That's that's as far as I got. Well, as far as I'll go for now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, well, we'll start speeding through a little bit of this because I really want to get to your theory. Um, we so we'll start going through sort of scenes a bit quicker now. Um, okay. uh, next, we get a sh- sort of scene in the same blue room that is sort of decked out to sort of be eighty style, where the eighty songs were on the TV. But this time, yep. we've got we've got a strange man talking through some sort of black holey sort of sciencey stuff yeah and and i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna put my put my money where my mouth is and say i i think this is hg tanhouse who's talking here um which seems i mean this guy's talking about like traveling through black holes which naturally leads into time travel obviously i say knowing nothing about the science of black holes (laughs) naturally um okay cool that's uh that's pretty cool um so then we get uh, Ulrich and Alexander having a back and forth on either side of a gate. Ulrich's demanding to get in. Alexander says you need to have um, a warrant. I, to be honest with you, watching the scene in isolation, if it was just this scene, I probably would be on Alexander's side here. It's a nuclear power plant. It makes sense you would need a warrant for it. Yeah, you can't just go wandering around. You can't just go wandering around. But having seen what he's been up to... It's oh, yeah. It, yeah. We're, we're armed with the knowledge to know that Alexander probably has ulterior motives for not yeah. letting Ulrich in. I also noticed here, this is a total aside, but I noticed that Ulrich wears his wedding ring on his right hand, which I don't know if that's a thing in Germany or, or, or mainland Europe. Or maybe it's just that's what you do to show that you're cheating on your wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the universal symbol for I am in a loveless marriage. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Yeah, because obviously where we are it's you know it's in, the, in the uk it's left yeah so who knows who knows um bartos goes searching through the drugs yeah uh, and all, I, watching this i just felt to myself i just felt myself feeling like are you happy bartos was the, <laughs> yeah. were the drugs worth it you yeah know? look at what your actions have wrought yeah exactly um, he's still I, gonna look yeah I got down in this scene um, when he when he pulls the pulls the phone out uh, oh. and and tries a code, which is like, what are you even doing? Uh, but but I got down. He definitely just tried one two three four as the code, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then when he didn't get it the first time, he was just like, this sucks, and throws the phone across. Yeah, the, you got two more goes, two more attempts, Bartos. Come on. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, like, uh, oh man, what's the next one? Zero 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 zero. Yeah. Yeah <laughs> yeah. It's like take it to the police, you idiot. <laughs> like this is evidence in a potential crime i know what is he doing like yeah absolutely crazy um hannah shows up to Ulrich's work they sort of i don't like we can skip through this pretty quickly she uh she's a bit pushy you know 12 missed calls shows up to his work she's the other yeah. woman she knows she is what what is she doing yeah it, she needs to take the take the hint i think take the hint uh he says and then Ulrich sort of steps up to her and says when they're when they're in like the little evidence room steps up to her and says can't do this now doesn't say it's over it just says we can't do this now yeah i don't know if i believe him <laughs> to be honest <laughs> i think he'll go i think he'll go back to her at some point nah, he probably will let's be honest um then uh Ulrich is looking through the evidence he thinks all obendorf might be involved because of the uh tire his truck has tire tracks he looks up we find out that he actually has a police record Yes, um, and we know he knows something. So all signs point to to Jürgen Obendorf being uh, a prime suspect. Although, well, it, it makes sense that the police think he's a prime suspect. I actually don't think he is anything but a lackey in this. Yeah, yeah. 
it would it would make sense as well, like the blackmail comments and things like that. Yeah, he's, a, he's just sort of working for the higher power. Um, how that relates to his son, I'm not sure. But uh, so then, based off this sort of hunch, Ulrich goes round to the Obendorf's house. Well, actually, they live in. It looks like they live in a trailer. Goes yeah. round into his uh, sort of big barn, sort of warehousey area, and when he pulls up that bag of drugs, yeah, first time I saw it, I honestly thought it was a head. Oh, I did as well. I 100 because it's making. I mean, it makes sense that it would make squishy noises because it looks like it's submerged in something. But mm-hmm. I was like, "That's that. This is going to be gross. There's going to be a head in there." Yeah, I definitely thought it was a head. Um, and then like they have a little moment, um, which I thought was actually quite touching. Um, maybe you got a completely different thing from it. Now there wasn't much said, but it was Obendorf saying at the very end of the scene when you find out that he's had a little like sort of Obendorf and Sons drug business going on. <laughs> yeah, a little little cottage industry. <laughs> yeah, little little thing going on. I thought like you know, and it's funny that he he actually before I get into the little touching part, it's funny Obendorf goes uh, uh, about the drugs to a police officer. We worked on this together. Yeah, as if it was like they're working on an old Ford Mustang in the garage. Yeah, yeah, they 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 built this thing from scratch. Yeah, we worked on it together, me and him. We're taking you downtown, Jurgen. (laughs) Book him. Yeah, book him. Um, So then the the touching moment I mean is like there was a moment between the two fathers of the the boys who have gone missing. Jurgen says, sort of, he goes, "Where's my son? Have you found my son?" And Ulrich doesn't say anything. He doesn't do the hug or the hand on the shoulder like he did in the last episode. He's not cocky. He just looks at him and he just doesn't say a word. And I thought to myself, Ulrich knows now what what, what it was like for Jürgen in the last episode. Yeah, so this made me rethink my stance that Jürgen was maybe putting on his anger um, in the first episode in the police station. I, I, still, I, I still can't get a good sense of... of how sad he is about losing his son like maybe he's just a reserved guy and until he snaps but um yeah it was it was it was a nice like moment where the two of them shared an emotion even Mm. though you know they're on uh, quite literally on opposite sides of the law at the moment and also i mean i guess he doesn't have a warrant so he probably can't really arrest him but he just he seems like he just leaves and leaves the drugs there as well in this scene yeah exactly yeah well that's that's his stock he can't just take his stock yeah that's Um, true so uh yeah uh but talking of eric uh with his dad there talking of eric he's uh he's dead it seems <laughs> yeah he's super dead he's being dragged in a body bag of sorts uh through the forest by another hooded figure yeah so this is yeah so I, i've got on my notes well eric is dead um <laughs> But I think it's telling in this scene as well. I could be completely wrong on this, but the guy disposing or the person disposing of bodies in the woods seems to be operating independently from the nuclear plant corporate scumbags who are put loading something into a truck because they they hear a noise, which I yeah. presume is the guy is the person dragging the body through the woods, um, and clearly don't know they're there. So, yeah, I I think I, I don't know if they know what's actually being done. Um, I'm trying to think. I say this without fully getting into and getting into my theory, but it's, it, I, there seems like there's multiple parties at work here who are interacting with the sort of time tra- time travel at the centre of this mystery. Okay, yeah, uh, I would agree that there's, there definitely seems to be different people with different motives, not even connected to each other, sort of all contributing to something. But um, yeah, so you mentioned the scene in the forest there where they put the barrels away. Just very quickly, we'll just we'll I'll just mention that clearly this is what they were talking about in in terms of Jurgen and Alexander earlier. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
it, it was just about moving these barrels. What they are, we don't know what they are, but they're moving something yeah, into a truck. Yeah, that was my main thing was what what are they moving? It's not not really clear mm-hmm. what what it is, but it seems seems shady. It's pretty shady, and the fact that they are in a nuclear power plant, it's pretty shady. Yeah. Um, we then get a probably we get a nice scene, sort of. Well, I I took it as nice up to a certain point of uh, Jonas and um, and his mom Hannah sitting. Uh, I don't know why they're sitting on the bench, but let's, you know, they're sitting on the bench in the kitchen chatting. Um, yeah. It sort of spoke to me like maybe that's what they did when he was when he was a young boy, and you know, like sort of just continued to do that. Sort of spoke of the history and their relationship, sitting on the bench together. But um, they reflect upon Jonas's dad. I like the two of them talking about it, but it did yeah. end, it ended a bit uh, interesting. Where Jonas says, "Did you love him?" And then they're interrupted by the lights coming back on. Yeah, so it's. Um... It's a really good scene, this, because it, it gives you a moment to sort of uh, reflect on why Hannah moved on or, or appeared to move on so quickly from her relationship with Michael, um, because, you know, obviously things weren't going that well. But it, it, I like the fact that they take the time to show you um, that her, she'd probably fallen out of love with him or so there were problems in their relationship before he ever killed himself which explains why she's now sleeping with Ulrich um, and I also I really enjoyed the callback to or it's more than the callback at this point but to the power being out in the beginning of the first episode and now the, yeah. the power sort of flicking on and off here um, yeah it's it's um, it, it's kind of it keeps you invested in in the sort of mystery while also giving you some time to, to learn something about your uh, uh, two central characters yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to go through a few things real quick now just so we can get through it. Tronta sneaks out again. What's he like? Um, yeah. Katharina demands the truth from Ulrich. So basically, I think this is obviously meaning like if, if you find Mikkel dead, you need to tell me that. Don't keep it a secret from me. Um, but she's also, I think, alluding, like, sort of subconsciously alluding to the idea that he's cheating. She found the hair on the jumper. So she basically just saying to him, tell me the truth. Um, yeah, she's giving him the chance. Given the chance, uh, which he doesn't take, unfortunately. Nope. Um, we get a, a whole sort of montage of uh, lights flickering and yeah. Charlotte goes out and picks a bird up. There's hundreds of birds dead on the floor. Yeah. Now, you mentioned earlier on that you had thought this was something to do with also the ear uh, issue with the boy. Um, yeah. Any more to say on that? So I think it's probably this is probably well i tell you what if we get into the next scene okay because this is that because I, I can tie it all together once we've once we've yeah. gone through this one but okay, at this point yeah. i was kind of like okay more birds the lights flickering obviously something is using a huge amount of power in this town uh that's causing the 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 power grid to fluctuate as much as it is uh what could that be and um yeah, it set my mind racing. Um, this scene, it kind of, it's a really, really good uh, penultimate, or not penultimate, because there's, there's two scenes left, but um, a really good sort of closing stretch to this episode where you're just finding out more and more stuff, and it's 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 really, really interesting. Yeah, it's cool. Um, okay, so as you say, I want to get to your theory quickly, so we'll go through. Um, you get you get an iconic sort of scene, and then the iconic image of the newspaper article. Uh, Vo is Mikkel, and then yeah. he crosses it out, and Van is Mikkel, which is when is Mikkel. Yeah, um, that's that's an iconic image of this show, and I'm sure you you felt that when you saw it. Um, and that gave you the hint straight away. Did you straight away go, oh, I get it? 
Yeah. So I, I, this, this is where I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put my neck on the line again. Uh, but I immediately, the way it was cutting between pictures of this guy uh, or, or, or close-ups of this guy and Mikkel, I think it was designed to throw you off the scent while also hinting at something. So okay. obviously it's telling you, oh, this guy's looking for Mikkel. Uh, but I actually think this guy is Mikkel um, because I, I think Mikkel has gone back in time as we will find in the next mm -hmm. in the next scene and i think that this guy is now the older version of mickle who has lived from 1986 to present day i like i like that i'm not going to say anything but i like where your head is um yeah okay so that's your big theory well i've got a i've got a a wider theory about what is actually happening like what the mystery is but that was as soon as i saw this scene i was like this is awesome cuz i'm pretty sure that guy's mickle or is is like well at the moment i think he is mickle i'm totally prepared to be completely wrong about that but that's that was that that reveal had me raring to watch the next episode yeah that's 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 cool well i love where your head is um i'm not going to say too much which make maybe makes this a bit of a sad ending to you putting that out there but i love where your head is there um and we'll see how we get on well <laughs> so do, do you want me to go through like my my wider theory yeah i just just before you do that i just want your thoughts on the final re like reveal scene where he goes to yeah. his, his mickle goes to his parents house he sees his parents as teenagers yep. and then you reveal he's in 1986 well, and, or there's also a sweet looking Honda, like uh, oh yeah, that bike. that uh, that bike is great. Yeah, the engine yeah. on that thing, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> <That> uh, <hog. laughs> what what did you what did you think of uh, the reveal of his parents? Yeah, they they look great, um, and it's a really really smart. Uh, it makes makes me appreciate the way they've set it up because you've seen pictures of them several times. You've seen the, uh, specifically the picture of Ulrich and Mads yeah. uh, several times. So you know immediately. I mean, you suspect as soon as he gets there because you can kind of see, oh, their entrance to the cave looks different uh, than how it looked when he when they were there the other yeah, night. There's no chair full of drugs. Yeah, exactly. There's no drug chair. Um, and... Uh, yeah the cars look different and then he gets there and obviously you see the actor um from the photograph playing uh Ulrich and I thought it was it was a great reveal and I was to be honest I was slightly self-congratulatory because I was like yeah I knew there'd be time travel uh, yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah so the the way the way it's revealed at the end and and how that impacted my uh, reflection on the rest of the episode was really cool like it, it just it, it blew like i said at the beginning it completely blew uh the um the kind of structure of this and, and where it's going to go wide open for me okay before we get into your grand theory uh, that you've got after two episodes uh i want to just sort of get this out of the way so we make sure we do it um imdb rating for this episode 8.2 which is actually Point, lower, right? point one lower than the first episode what are you what's your th thoughts on that as i think that's madness to me i think I, that yeah. I, I think this is like the first episode is really good but it's kind of very subtle and just throwing out little hooks to to get you invested whereas this one is is 
is properly like off to the races here we go we're like here's here's what this is going to be or without actually confirming anything uh it mm-hmm. just expands the scope of the, sc- the show so much and there's a lot of really good acting in it as well like the scene between magnus and francisca it was great uh or it gets a lot to do in this episode in terms of uh, character work um so yeah i think i think it deserves more than that um certainly higher than the first episode yeah i would i would agree with you like 8.3 for the first episode was around about right could have been maybe an eight um but yeah, definitely the second episode, especially with those reveals by the end, and just as you say, it's off to the races, definitely deserved higher than the first episode, in my opinion. So I don't really know what's going on there. It's also, you know, we can't fully trust people voting on these episodes because everyone's binging them and then they're going back to rate them after. You know, yeah. I, I, it's a bit odd. But we'll continue doing it because I, I like doing it. Um, right, off you go. Theory time. Okay, so we've we've talked about there being a crossing in the caves or what i think is like a crossing between times in the caves so i think that the nuclear power plant has been built on top of that crossing and they are they have sent scientists back in time to the 80s <laughs> and are now sending children back to those scientists who are the, they are then trying to send forward in time with the device that has killed eric and uh the other boy that they've found and i think the process of them sending uh people either back in time or forward in time is what is causing the power cuts because they've got some kind of machine under there that is it is like utilizing this this black hole or thin place in the caves (laughs) um uh and i think the hooded figures are not necessarily well i don't think they're working with the scientists um i think they're people who are either actively working against them or have their own um their own agenda uh particularly in the case of the guy who i'm going to continue to refer to as older mickle until i'm proven uh <laughs> proven incorrect and i i think it just to develop it a bit further the reason i was so into this as a theory was because we we talked last week about um the kind of 80s trope of the kids having to solve the problems mm-hmm. because the adults are too busy uh not believing that there is a problem yeah. and it would it would feel to me like a really really interesting twist on that formula to say well it is the kids that are solving the problems but it's the kids when they're in their 40s because they've been sent back in time to the 80s and and their older selves are now uh coming to wind in the present to to fix it so i don't know if that's going to be correct or not but um that's where my head is at the moment that's really cool um I obviously I know where the show's going. I'm not going to give anything away, but there's there's already moments in that theory. I, I don't want to say whether you're correct or wrong, but in terms of later on when we discuss this theory again, there's going to be a lot to discuss about it. That's all. That's okay. all. That's all I'll say. Okay? okay. So I think you've hit on a lot of really awesome things. Um, I don't want to give any any indication. Obviously, you know, you're not 100% right, but I don't even want to tell you if you're 99% right or 3% right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, um, I, I'm looking forward to being proven completely wrong by this <laughs> by the <this> series. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Uh, so overall, what were your overall thoughts on the episode though? Did you, did you, obviously you said you enjoyed it more than the first one. Yeah, I mean, I I did I did enjoy the first one. Um, it certainly engaged me, but this one was this one was fantastic. It was really um, just a, a tour de force of of plot hooks and reveals, uh, and you know, it just it's it's the sign of a great um, episode of television where you you immediately want to watch the next one, and that's that's where I was with this one um, when I finished it. What the dub? Okay, so as you know, I'm watching 
uh, the series in the dubbed version, which I've never watched a full dub version before. So as Conrad's watching it for the first time, I thought I would do this for the first time. Every week I try to pick out at least one moment, which I think is interesting or funny or just whatever. Um, this week, uh, my, my moment is actually Alexander in, in the nuclear power plant talking to Jürgen. And it's, it's interesting to me because that seemed to me, it did come across, across like he was a slimy sort of uh, corporate guy who was just like ordering around his minions. But it's really interesting the, char- the, the, the actor they've decided to go with in the dub. The actor they've decided to go with in the dub sounds like a mafia boss. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and he's like, like Marlon he's like, Brando. He's like, "Are you trying to blackmail me?" You know, he's like, <laughs> he's really like. I was like, "Oh, so he's a gangster." Like, I, I never, I never ever viewed viewed that character like that. I, obviously, I viewed him as scummy and stuff, but I didn't view him in, as like a gangster. Yeah, like, <laughs> does he does he talk about someone like he'll make Jurgen sleep with the fishes if he doesn't <laughs> if he doesn't like take the cops take the heat off? I've exactly I've got that written in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be sleeping with the fishes. Uh, he's like, I'm make him an offer we can't refuse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was my brand out. He's like, uh, oh really? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he goes yeah, like even the part where he goes. Uh, uh, you know the difference between successful and unsuccessful in this like New York accent. Yeah, I think it's a New York accent. I'm not perfect in accents. I've been thrown before, but it sounds like a gangster anyway to me. Like it's just, it's it was per- it was really really well done. Does it? Does he say I'm walking here at any point? Because that's the giveaway. No, but I will look out for that in future episodes. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of an episode where Alexander's walking. A stranger from the outside. This week, we have two YouTube comments. Uh, I'm going to start off with one from the Top Noob Pro. Um, now, he, this, this person who commented this actually got in just in the nick of time. When I took the screenshot, it was 35 minutes before we re- recorded this. So just okay. in, in the nick of time. Just so, you know, we, yeah, just so you know, we usually record it on a Thursday, all being well. So if you want to get your questions in before then, that'd be good. Um, so he asked, actually, what do you think of the pacing of this episode? Um, I think it it's it definitely ramps up in the final third. Um, it's uh, it, it, but I think it's it's it flies by this episode. Did, did you actually? I can't. We were talking a bit before, and did you say this episode is slightly shorter than the first one? Yeah, it is. It's slightly shorter. I think this episode was only about it was less than fifty minutes anyway. Okay, well, but I mean, it flies by, and I think it's there isn't really any fat on this episode at all. Um, which is uh, the compared to just to take a, a brief and completely pointless tangent. Um, there was a there was a show I, I watched an episode <laughs> of on Netflix called uh, called Easy uh, last night, and there was a there was a single scene in that with just two people talking about having an open marriage that lasted literally ten minutes of them just talking back yeah. and forth. And I and I wanted to punch myself in the head because I was so bored of that scene. Okay. And when yeah. when you compare a scene like that to this, where there's just there is no fat on the script at all, it is lean and it's it's getting like it's doing what it needs to do and it's it's doing it well uh, and effectively so i thought the pacing was great um but it but it's it's frenetic the pace yeah yeah exactly especially the second half of the episode after the first yeah. montage especially um excellent second one comes from uh, misty good day uh, and it is uh do you think now you've already kind of answered this one but we'll go for it anyway do you think that mickle will be able to get back to the future um 
well i suppose i've answered it in one sense because i think he is back in the future but not in the way that he wants to be because he's had his childhood stolen from him or indeed maybe he's been given the gift of a childhood in the 80s um but it's um I, whether he gets back whether he's like returns to his correct timeline which is what i assume current present mickle was trying to do mm-hmm. i think i think he has to i think that's that's kind of the central um issue around which the plot hinges at the moment is is getting although the character most of the characters don't know it is getting mickle back to his correct time so that if you know his parents can continue to raise him and have a whole family again so i i think he will um although when um which takes on multiple new meanings uh, mm-hmm. after this episode is uh, is up for debate yeah great uh okay thanks to the top Lube pro and misty good day again anyone who wants to leave a comment make sure you leave it uh underneath the, the linked comment that i make at the top of this vi- the, this video uh thanks very much everyone i think that's us done for the week conrad yeah um yeah i'm looking forward to next week uh, i can't I, I can't even imagine how it's gonna up the game again but uh yeah i can't i can't wait to see oh you're gonna love this next episode mate i yeah. this next episode oh. i'm waiting for there to be a cindy lauper song in the soundtrack that's when i'll really know i've arrived <laughs> i'm actually sure if there is one actually sorry to burst your bubble i'm not oh, sure if, i'm God not sure damn if, it. i'm not sure of this one but i will I'm say out. i will say the the, the real defining moment of this sort of show for me when I first started watching it, which made me go, okay, I think this is one of my favorite shows ever. And then it later became my favorite show ever was the, um, was, was actually uh, the, the montage towards the end of the third episode. So look out for that. Okay. It's unbelievable. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on that. Apart from yeah. that, if you want to hear it next week, make sure you subscribe to the uh, Anthony James YouTube channel uh leave a comment leave a like if you want um and we'll see you next week yeah goodbye oh yeah we need a wave to the, <laughs> yeah, we're doing a wave we need a wave to the non-camera yeah, yeah. all right bye thank you for listening to the after dark podcast make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode